0: Before we continue on with the rest of the service, I do—I've been doing this in all the services. I want to acknowledge um, the youth leaders here. So, if you're a youth leader, if you could stand up. I know many of them are are, are back there by the booth, and then we have Alyssa here. Alyssa, you can stand. Up. I know you don't want. To. I'm killing you right now, but that's okay. So, and we have some back there. We have—they're—they're they're all over. But I just want to acknowledge them because they invest in our students here. Each and every week. And without them, this ministry wouldn't be able to do what it does. And, and they pour their hearts and their time into investing in these students' lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, I had to say something. I'm blanking out. Okay, I'm, I'm good now. So, uh, before we continue on with the rest of the service, and I have a message here for us this morning, we do want to um, take a good ground offering and give you an opportunity to sow into our students' lives here at New Beginnings. You know, each and every year in the month of July, we go out, we go away to Rock Mountain Bible Camp. And since in Susquehanna, Pennsylvania. And we've been doing this since 2014. And this is really the highlight of our ministry for the year, pretty much each and every year, and for the kids as well. We get to go away for an entire week, which, it, which is awesome. And it's, it's great for them because it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere. So once they get there, their phones don't work. So it's really kind of time, it's, it's a good time to disengage, so to say, with social media and all that and really spend time with God and with others. And, you know, each and every day at the camp we do, we have chapel, we have worship, um, and there's fun things we do as well, paintball, zip lining, laser tag, a bunch of games, they have a pool and everything. It's, it's, a, it's a great time. It's, it's such a fun time. You know, the students really get to go deeper in their relationship with God and, and honestly even with each other because they're with each other all week, 24-7 um and they get even like solo time with God where they get they have to get alone and kind of just spend some time either reading the word or praying or just spending some quiet time with God, and we want to take an offering for the bus there. Obviously, we take a bus from here to Pennsylvania and back, and we don't want to add this expense to the parents. It is, you know, expensive as it is to send their kids to the camp, and a lot of parents send more than one kid as well, so we want to give you an opportunity to sow into that. Amen. It's good ground to sow into. You should probably have another um, offering envelope on your seat there. If you need one, you can raise your hand. We can get you an offering envelope, or you can always give online. Um, online, just on the drop-down tab, just click. You'll see new youth, so you can click new youth there, and that will go to the bus offering. And I just want to encourage you. It is good ground to sow into. It is a powerful time. It's fun, but it's a powerful time away. And be praying for us as well. As You know, we still got a little bit into July. Be praying for the students that they would have an encounter with God, encounter with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Be praying for the leaders, for strength, supernatural grace, walk in mercy, A lot of mercy? No, I'm just kidding. No, it's a fun time. I'm like prepping. my. It's been a few years for me, so I'm like like mentally prepping myself already. It's a great time. You know, you sleep, not a lot. (laughs) It's good. It's a fun time. But um, be praying for us as we, you know, prepare to go and everything, and that it, most importantly, they have an encounter with God. Amen. So I'm going to pray and then we'll receive that offering. Father, I just thank you that we have this opportunity to sow into these students' lives, Lord, into this good ground. And Father, we thank you. You supply all of our needs, God. We thank you, Father, as well, just for this camp trip that will be coming up in just a few short months. And even now you're preparing the students' hearts. You're preparing the camp's hearts as they're getting ready and they're already preparing and planning for this camp. You give them the wisdom that they need. You would supply all of their need as well, Lord. So we just thank you that this year will be a fruitful year again, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive that offering. And um, so when, we, when I found out we were going to be doing that this weekend, um, having this new youth takeover weekend, kind of highlighting the youth ministry here at New Beginnings, I started praying what kind of message to do, um, what would be a good message to do for this weekend. And the title I came up with for the message here this morning is called The Baton. And I want to talk about this in, in I remember when it really got, like, downloaded, so to say, into me, and I I started putting it together. It was just so powerful to me. And um, I want to actually start this message going back a few years, back to 2008. And we're going to look back at the 2008 Beijing Summer Olympics. Now, I love the Olympics, You know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I love the Olympics, specifically the Summer Olympics. I love cheering on Team USA and everything. And I remember the 2008 Summer Olympics pretty, like fondly, because there were some big things that happened that year. I think I was only like 17. It was a long time ago in 2008. But there's, there's two really major things I remember. And if you watch those Olympics, if you remember any of them, these two things you might, maybe a light bulb is gonna go off and you go, "Okay, I remember that." And really, just really two people from that year. And the first is Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps that year, he completely dominated for Team USA by winning eight swimming gold medals that he won. He remembered uh, his team won a four by 200 relay where one of his teammates came behind in dramatic fashion to win. He won the 100 uh, meter butterfly by one one hundredth of a second he won it by. And I mean, just the fact he won eight gold medals was unheard of in, in one Olympic Games. And the other person that you might remember from that year is Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt, he ran away completely he dominated in track and field, um, shattered all the headlines. He set the 100 and 200 meter world records that year. And I remember watching him and it really did look like he was jogging compared to everybody else. He was so much faster than everybody else. It was amazing to see. However, though, that year, those were the two things you might remember, the two things that kind of really had the biggest headlines. But there was something else that happened this, that year, another story that is connected to those Olympic Games that maybe we don't all Remember, and that is the men's and women's 4x100 relay race. See, up until this point, the U.S. has dominated that event throughout the years, and both teams, the men's United States teams and the women's United States teams, were favored that year to bring home the gold medal again. But for the first time in the history of the modern Olympics, both teams did not even make the finals. The men's team and the women's team from the United States, neither of them for the first time, not one of them made the finals. And the reason they both didn't make the finals is exactly the same reason they didn't make the finals. See, both teams, they dropped the baton on exchanges in the preliminary heats. Both teams who were favored to win the gold didn't even make it to the finals because they both dropped the baton in their races. And this morning... I want to talk to all of us about good baton passes in our spiritual lives. Amen? And, you know, just being involved in youth ministry, it's easy when I think about that, a baton pass. I can think about, you know, passing the baton to students. Um, That easily passes through my mind. But, you know, it's even more than that. We're going to be talking about are we passing the baton to our kids, our grandkids, our nieces, our nephews, our cousins, anybody, whoever it may be that we have an influence on. And... We're going to be looking at a scripture today that really we can see this is a lot of what is happening when Tim. Timoth- when sorry, when the apostle Paul writes to Timothy in First and Second Timothy. See, First and 2 Timothy, Timothy their letters to Timothy by the elder Paul is writing to the younger Timothy, and Paul is really a spiritual father. He calls Timothy. We're going to see his spiritual son, and he's writing to Timothy here, and in the second letter that Paul writes him in Second Timothy in verses one and two of chapter two. We can see some relays race language going on here. So let's look at this scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. So again, this is Paul writing to Timothy, and he says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> he says, you have heard me teach these things. So what do we see there? Right there, we see there's a relationship there, right? They've spent time together because he's telling Timothy, you have heard me teach these things. He says, that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So, do you see the relay race language kind of going on here? And I want to break this down in, in a format as if there was a race going on. So, it starts off... With Paul saying to Timothy, like we just talked about, you have heard me teach these things. So he's taught these things to Timothy, in front of Timothy. Timothy has witnessed Paul teach these things, he's witnessed the stuff take place. So, leg one of this race is Paul running and he begins by passing the baton. How? By teaching to Timothy, right? So, leg one is Paul is running and begins passing the baton by teaching to Timothy. And now, leg two is Timothy, who is now running. So Timothy has the baton, and he is now running. And then Paul says, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. So it brings us to leg three. Timothy is called now to what? He's been passed the baton to, from Paul. And now Timothy is called to pass the baton onto other trustworthy people, who will what? Then will be able to pass them on to others. And finally, in leg four, now those trustworthy people are then to what? Pass the baton onto others as well. And that's what we are to do, no matter what generation we're in, is to pass the baton to the next generation, right? And then for that generation to pass the baton. So why? This race keeps going. See, we're all running a race here, Amen. Until so we either take our last breath or Jesus comes back. We are running a race that God has for us. And I really love the picture that is created in this scripture because it, I feel like it's really at the core of the heart of our youth ministry here at New Beginnings. Our goals, we want to come alongside parents to see students move past just religion or just knowledge into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. And then we don't want it to stop there for them. We want them to take it outside of the walls of church, outside of the walls of youth ministry, and to what? We want them to sh- go ahead and share it with others. The truth. And when, when I've seen that happen, and I've seen that happen, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's a beautiful thing. But there's also been far too many times over the years where I've seen bad handoffs and drop batons throughout the years as well. See, Again, as I mentioned, the idea of passing the baton, it goes beyond just youth ministry. It's for parents. It's for grandparents. It's for a connect group leader, a children's worker, any, any really any volunteer. It's for bosses. It's for teachers. It's for any believer in Jesus who wants to live out his call on our lives. Amen? So how do we make sure that 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 work right. Well, <clears throat> this may sound a little weird. This may sound a, lot, a little crazy, but stay with me. I think we can really pull some great lessons on a good spiritual handoff from the rules that actually govern track and, relay, ra- track and field relay races. So I want to actually look at three actual rules from the USTF, which is the United States Track and Field Relay Rulebook, and see what we can learn from them. To create Second Timothy chapter two style handoffs, amen. So this is an actual rule. It's rule number twenty-five. It says the baton shall be a smooth, hollow, circular tube made of wood, metal, or other rigid material in one pl- in one piece. Its length shall be twenty-eight and thirty centimeters. Its circumference shall be 12 by 13 centimeters, and it shall weigh not less than 50 grams. No material or substance may be applied to the baton. So that's the first rule. So what's the first thought that we could take from this? Well, the first thought is it has to be the right baton. See, it can't just be any baton according to the rules. It has to be made a certain way, right? It has to be a certain size. But when we're passing batons on our spiritual life, we have to make sure it's the right baton. And what is our baton? It's the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. We need to make sure that we're passing on the right things. That we're not just passing on our, just our opinions, especially if they're not formed by the word of God. No, we need to be passing on the word of God, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? You know, as, actually, really just between this service and, I mean, 9 a.m. and this service, I started thinking, you know, we are passing batons all the time in different areas, whether we realize it or not, and, you know, I, I, I forgot when I got home last night, my wife and my daughter were here, and, um, you know, so they, they were here, and they heard the message and everything, and when we got home, uh, I just wanted a snack, <laughs> so my daughter is always up for tag team and that with me, so I grabbed some popcorn, and we were sitting on the couch watching TV, eating popcorn, and we both eat popcorn like absolute animals, um, my, my wife walks over and she's like, you, bat- you pass that baton of eating popcorn. To, to, we literally, I didn't, never notice it and I look over at her and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why is she eating that? She just takes it and she's like, there's popcorn everywhere. And then I look down and I saw there was popcorn everywhere by my feet too and I realized I do the same thing. We pass on traits to our kids and all that stuff but we need to make sure we're passing on the baton of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to them. Amen? The whole word of God. And When it comes to investing in others, you know, we can get focused on a lot of things that may be good things, but they're not necessarily the right things. You know, for our kids, it could just be things like good behavior, strong grades, athletic success, and scholarships. And then into adulthood, it could be things like good behavior, job promotions, financial success, and good standing in the community. But sometimes we could get so focused on the good things that we lose sight of the God things. And we don't want to lose sight of the God things. We need to make sure that we're passing on the right baton to those that we're investing in. Amen? That we're passing on the baton of our Lord Jesus Christ to them. That we're investing the truth of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection to them and the freedom and the power that comes from walking, in a lo- walking a life surrendered to the Spirit of God and a call to invite others into that journey. So thought number one, it has to be the right baton. Now, I want to look at another rule here, and this is rule number two in the handbook. It says, each takeover zone shall be 20 meters long of which the scratch line is the center. Can I pause a second, actually? I want to go back to thought number one. It has to be the right baton. Because I want to make sure this just popped in me. Maybe you realize, and you didn't even know it, but somebody has given you the wrong baton throughout the years. Well, Here's the good thing. It's not stuck to you. Throw it away and grab the right baton. Amen? Amen. If you've realized, man, I've been, see, I was passed on things that that aren't the word of God or don't line up with the word of God. Well, you don't need to hold on to that. You don't need to keep it. Grab another baton. Amen? Amen? So let's go to rule number two again. So it says, each takeover zone shall be 20 meters long of which the scratch line is the center. The zone shall start and finish at the edges of the zone lines nearest the start line in the running direction. So thought number two that I have from this is this. The space to pass the baton is limited. The space to pass the baton is limited. And in case you are be confused by what this rule is trying to say here, what it's saying is there are lines in each lane that are marked as the takeover zone. And the area this area it marks the spot where the incoming runner has to get the baton into the hands of the next runner. And if you fail to do so, the race is over for you and for your team. You know, from my daughter's gonna be five in, in August and and ever since Um, My wife and I, ever since we, we had our daughter and you have a kid, and it's still to this day, it happens, and it probably will continue to happen for years. One of the things when I talk to other people, other parents, grandparents, whoever it may be that have kids, the most common thing that you hear is they grow up so fast, right? And it's absolutely true. They do grow up fast. I'm even amazed. I'm like, look at my daughter sometimes. How is she about to be five years old? This has gone by fast. It truly does go by fast. And the truth is, is there is a date coming where they're going to be out and they're going to head out on their own. And we need to make the most of the opportunities that we have with them. And I want to challenge you with something here this morning. Because I believe there is nothing more spiritually valuable to your kids' lives Than your presence while they are present. Amen? I wanna say that again. There may be nothing more spiritually valuable to your kids' lives than your presence while they are present. Amen? And I wanna be clear when I'm saying this I'm not saying that the window for your kids or anybody else in your lives. Has um, responding to Jesus has an age limit. That's not what I'm saying because never forget the thief next to Jesus on the cross, he gave his life to Jesus and found eternity with or literally near his last breath. And I mean, I'm a product of being out of, so to say, the, the zone that would be established. I didn't receive Jesus so I was about to be 23 years old. But what I am saying is that there is a window where you do have the most time, opportunity, and influence to have an impact on your kids. And statistics will back that up. I can't remember the exact number, but statistics will show you for a child, if they don't receive Jesus by the time they're 18, there is about a 70 to an 80% less chance that they will as they go on with life. Now, is it still possible? Absolutely. Again, I've received, many of us in here probably have received Jesus after that age, but the statistics are way greater for them to respond at a younger age. Because why? Number one, as we get older, our head gets filled with more things, more things in the world, more lies, all that stuff, whatever it may be. So there is a time that we have the most opportunity. Amen? And we don't need to just limit it to kids either. It really includes most any opportunity to invest in others. See, God will regularly bring people across our paths for a season where we can, as Paul says in the book of Ephesians, make the most of every opportunity. So thought number one has to be the right baton. Thought number two, the space to pass the baton is limited. And now I want to look at another rule, and then we're going to get to thought number three. Rule number 12, it says that the baton shall be carried by hand throughout the race if dropped, it shall be recovered by the athlete who dropped it. He or she may leave the assigned lane to retrieve the baton, provided no other runner is impeded, and provided that by doing so, the distance to be covered is not lessened. So that brings me to thought number three, and thought number three is a dropped baton is not the end of the race. A dropped baton is not the end of the race. See, this rule was fascinating to me because I would think naturally in this baton exchange, if the baton was to fall to the ground, I would think it would mean maybe disqualification or the race is over. But this rule makes it clear that the race is not over as long as the one who initially dropped the baton picks it back up, the runner doesn't obstruct the race of other runners and they don't cut the distance of the race short as they grab the baton. So what does this have to do with spiritual transference, so to say? I think a lot. Because, see, there's a lot of research that throughout the years I've read in books and blog posts, you know, in youth ministry that is telling us that faith is being abandoned by youth group kids during their college years. Just one example, a recent statistic, according to Gallup uh, and Barna, anywhere between 40 to 60 percent of graduates who were actually even involved in their youth group will fail to stick to their faith during their college years. And honestly, it's a legitimate concern. It's a concern that I have that students are either dropping the baton in their postgraduate years or something is going wrong with the baton pass. And when you look at this research and you read a lot of the responses to the research and what people are saying about why this is happening, it focuses really just so much on the blame game. You see it being said, hey, well, it's the youth group's fault. All they're doing is playing games. All they're doing is eating pizza, which, which is, is not true. But you, you see that blame. You see people saying, it's the, well, it's the parents' fault. They are failing in their responsibility to be the spiritual leaders of their kids. Or you'll see people saying, it's the older church's fault. They are irrelevant and hypocritical to the point the younger generation wants nothing to do with it. Now, I, I want to point something out with that, too. That last one, from being involved in youth ministry, I can honestly say is not true. For the older generation, the younger generation does want to hear from you. They won't come up a lot of the times and ask you, though. But never think you're, you're not um, relevant enough or something like that to pour into their lives, because you absolutely are. They are looking for people that are older than them. They're looking for their input. They're looking for the life experience that they went through. Amen. But honestly, when it comes to that blame game, and I and I read all of that, it really to me is just uh, it's just frustrating. It's that like whole conversations really frustrating. And, and you know, I do think I'm sure. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of blame to go around. Yet I get frustrated because I think of just mental picture of just a group of people staring at the dropped baton and discussing how it happened and whose fault it is while the race is still going on, while the race continues. And according to the USTF rules, there is no issue with who is at fault with the drop baton. The key is that what? The baton simply just gets picked back up and the race continues. And with spiritual transference, it is the same. So what if we were to stop talking about a dropped baton and start walking towards the baton? Amen. What if we stopped just talking about the drop batons and started walking towards those batons? And you see that a lot now. You know, I hear, you know, oh look at the you know, this generation growing up or this, there's, you know, there's no future, there's no hope, there's there's no this. No, no, no. Stop just looking at the baton and start walking towards the baton. This generation has a call of God on their lives, like every generation does. And there's running with it, and there's there, yeah, there's some batons on the floor. But our focus doesn't need to be how, what, or whose fault it is. No, let's go pick that baton back up. Amen? Amen. Let's go pick that baton back up. So as I'm going to be closing, maybe I want want to talk to, to those in the room today who you have fumbled the baton as you tried to pass it on. And maybe it was through hypocritical living. Maybe it was through neglect. Whatever the case is, pick it back up and focus on passing it to others. Amen. And to those in the room who received the baton, but have dropped it, maybe you turned your back on God. Maybe you got caught up in your own selfish desires. Maybe it's been a slow drop throughout the years of just distractions. Whatever the case, pick the baton back up and get back in the race. and to the one who, who's carrying the baton and is getting into that takeover lane right now, to the parent with the teenager, to the teacher, to the coach, to the small group leader, boss, coworker, worker anybody who has a Timothy in their life, to the one who has been walking with Jesus for years but you have never considered how to invest in others, well, now it is who and how time. Who are you going to pass the baton to and how are you going to do it? So again, we need to make sure it's the right baton. Yeah, the, the, the space is limited, but it's never over. We want to make sure we take the, um, most of every opportunity. And remember, a drop baton, it's not the end of the race. If we could all bow our heads, shut our eyes, and I want to pray. And then I'm going to have um, one of our leaders come up here and and pray with me. We're going to spend just two minutes. If you could join us in your hearts, we'll be praying just for our youth. But before we do that, I want to make sure if there's anybody in here that you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you would have the opportunity to do that here this morning, that you would have an opportunity to grab that baton and to begin the runner race that God has for you. See, Jesus is real. He came to this earth as the son of God. He died for us. He was buried. He rose again. And Paul says, when you believe in your heart that Jesus is God's son, you believe that he died for you. You believe that he rose again. When you believe that with your heart, you confess that with your mouth. He says, salvation has come. The word says, we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. It says, God's Holy Spirit comes and seals us. You grab that baton. You begin to. That race. He has a race for each and every one of us. Amen. It's living a life surrendered to Him, repenting of our old ways, giving our life over to Him, and making Jesus the Lord of our life, our Savior. So, with all heads bowed and eyes shut, we're going to pray this prayer. I'm going to lead us in this prayer, and we can all pray together. But again, if you pray this for the first time, you go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Amen. So, let's pray this prayer. Father, I believe that Jesus is your son and I believe that he went to the cross on my behalf he died for my sins he was buried and he rose again so this day I acknowledge that I need a savior I repent of my old ways and Jesus I ask you to come into my life, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for making me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Church, listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, in just a few minutes when we're dismissed, Please don't walk out the doors. Our prayer team is right over here. They would love to see you. We have a Bible we want to give you because you're, this is not, again, this is not the end of the race. This is the beginning of the race for you, the beginning of your journey with God. And we want to give you a Bible. We want to give you some material. We want to help you in any way that we can. Amen? Uh, Anthony, if you want to come up, if you could join us in your hearts. we just want to spend two, three minutes just lifting up our youth in prayer. Amen? So if you could join me, Father. We just thank you. And Lord, I do thank you for this day that we've been able to have together. And Father, we come now to lift up this this next generation, Lord, this generation, our students here, to lift them up in prayer to you. And first, Lord, I just continue to pray, Lord, and thank you just for your covering of protection over them, that the blood of Jesus would cover them, Lord. Father, I pray that they would be a bold generation for you, Father, for the things, they would love the things that you love, they would hate the things that you hate, God, and they would be bold for you, Lord. Father, I pray that, Father, they would have a heart's desire to be students of the Word and to walk in the Spirit, that your Word would be a lamp unto their feet, God. I thank you that you protect them, especially their thought life, Lord, as they get fed with so many things through social media and lies and all that, that their, their minds would remain pure, Lord God, I pray. Father, I thank you that you would put people in their lives, continue to put people in their lives, Father that would lift them up that know you that love you that know your word lord god that would speak your word would speak life into them father i thank you that you even raise up people to intercede for them and be praying for this generation lord god we thank you lord we thank you for the plans that you have for this generation they're going to walk those plans out they're going to run their race lord and then they will pass the baton on to another generation god we
1: thank you father Dear Father God, thank you so much for the youth of this community. Thank you, Father God, for the youth of this church. Thank you, Father God, for everything that you're doing in the youth's lives, Lord. Lord, draw them near to you, Lord. Give them a thirst for you that can only be quenched from your word, Lord. And Lord, just draw them near and give them a boldness to speak the truth throughout their school and throughout their community and their neighborhood, Lord, that it is only you, Lord. Lord Jesus, just import what is truth, Lord. Lord, just give them the knowledge that that is only from you, Lord, to just seek the things of you, to draw them near, Lord. Lord, don't let them believe the lies of the enemy. Don't let them believe the lies that is being pushed to them in every avenue of their life, Lord. Let them just seek your truth, not the truth that other people Giving them, but the truth from you, Lord. Lord, just give them a, a knowledge that surpasses all understanding, and Lord, just give them peace, give them wholeness. Lord, depression, let that be gone, Lord. Break the chains of anxiety. Break the chains of depression, Lord. And let them know that you are the truth in the life, Lord, and that everything through you is pure and perfect, Lord. Let them seek you in all aspects of their life, Lord. Give them a boldness to speak the truth to others so that they can come to know you in a way that is just not of this earth, Lord. We trust that everything comes together for your glory, and we are just praying this upon the students, upon the students, upon the youth we love you lord and we thank you for everything that you're doing in their lives through jesus mighty name amen
0: amen just and just one more thing if listen if you are a student in sixth to twelfth grade we would love to have you out we meet every wednesday here in our teen center at 6 30 from 6 30 to 8 30 we would love for you to come out have a good time learn with us grow with us have fun with us if you're a parent of a 6th to 12th grader and they don't want to come, just bring them. All right? Just bring them. Every Wednesday night, 630 to 830. Listen, we love you guys. Again, if you prayed that prayer, our prayer team's over here. If you need prayer for anything, we would love to pray with you as well. If not, God bless you. We love you guys. See you next weekend. Thanks for being here today.